Oh, so simple. Thank you, Rebecca, stop. Oh my gosh, it's such an honor to be up here. It's been over five years since I've been up on this stage and so here we go. Um, this is also the first Mother's Day that I've celebrated in five years. So a couple of months ago, the Lord said, it's time. It's time, and I, uh, we had a really dark year in 2016 as a family, and it was um, tragedy upon tragedy, and some of that culminated on Mother's Day. It was very painful, um, but I picked up the yellow flower today, and so... <laughs> I claim that, and Sandra, I claim milking it for all it's worth, so <laughs> I'm going I'm to celebrate today. Thank you for having me up here. Um, the, I wanted to speak about heed the call, so I have two things I really want uh, for you to hear today, and um, one is unity, partnering with one another, and the other one is really seeing your unique call and embracing that. And I want to look at Judges 4, chapter 4. Okay, it's the story of Deborah and Barak, and there's other characters like uh, Lapidoth and um, Jael. And so um, I really want to uh, spend a little time just going through that whole story, but also uh, defining each person and taking a, a quick look at each of their individual, very unique calls, okay, and, and how it was together they changed the course of their nation. Amen. We need that right now, yes. beloved. We, we need that right now. Amen. Okay, so this story is full of people embracing their unique call. I brought all my Bibles just in case, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, and I brought a Kleenex. Okay, so okay, so their unique calls, they partnered together to rout and defeat the enemy, okay, and set their country on a better course. Let's look at uh, Judges 4. One, I'm going to just read through 1 through 5. When Ehud was dead, he was the previous judge, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Herosheth Hagoyim. Did it. And thank you. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. By the way, there was another king of Canaan named Jabin that Joshua dealt with, and that man had a multitude of chariots, but Joshua burned them. So this guy comes along and thinks, I'm going to make them in iron. But verse 4, Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Okay, Deborah's been spoken about a lot. I've been in the body of Christ a long time. And she is um, an amazing woman of her time and um, someone that we can take encouragement from. 
She sat under a palm tree, which was a symbol of righteousness, between Rama, which means high place, and often associated with idolatry. But she sat between that place and Bethel, which means the house of God. All located in the mountains of Ephraim, which means fruitfulness. She stood in the gap for her people. She was raised up by God to judge the ways of Israel and be a mouthpiece to his nation. She spent much time listening to people's disputes. Listening. Listening to the heart of the people. But then she interceded and she listened and listened to the heart of the Father. Then she spoke. She spoke after much listening. We'll often revere her as a, a woman who was bold and, and she spoke it out. And she did. She spoke against spiritual idolatry and compromise in the people's hearts. Her job was to declare the will of the Lord and steer the people from their base inclinations, that pull towards idolatry. And because of the Spirit of the Lord on her, she did have great vision and resolve. But she knew the times and seasons, and she put out a call for people to step into their destiny. This is a powerful and visible anointing, and oftentimes we revere it as the only way to minister. And I'm here to say that that's not the only way. It is a powerful way. It is one of God's ways. And we need men and women with this call. This call compels bold communication and confrontation. I know it does. They take a strong stand on issues because everything translates into black and white, right or wrong course of direction. Praise God for the voice in the body of Christ. But Deborah did not complain. She didn't, she wasn't a complainer. She didn't shoot out from the mouth, speak from the hip. She listened for the words of the Lord and spoke only what he wanted spoken. Her position took humility. Are you called to use your voice? Then listen first. Speak after hearing the Lord from humility and copious love. Beloved, we are accountable for every word that we speak. Now, Deborah was also a wife, and her husband's name was Lapidoth, and they had a beautiful partnership. I know it doesn't, like, spell it out, but you have to see it. You see it in the word when you look at the meanings of their names because he's mentioned. His name means burning torch. What a beautiful picture this creates of a man of strength standing with his wife and her bold national calling. Deborah was a judge in Israel and a prophetess of the Lord. And Lapidoth had her back. I just love that. A fire burns in him to see his nation love the Lord with all of their hearts, all of their strength, all of their mind. A man of character and reputation, and it would have had a significant impact 
on Deborah's daily life of ministry. Think of it. This is a patriarchal society. And it was his character, his presence, that paved the way for her to have a voice. Think of the impact they had together. Solid, supportive partnership between spouses has an exponential effect on being fruitful. Farley and I got married under a prophetic word from the Lord. No one gave it to us. It was just spoken to us by the Lord. And that our partnership would increase our fruitfulness. And, it, and it's been a word we've, we've leaned on. In Genesis, the Lord took me to Genesis, and it's clear that men and women were made for each other. Okay, I, I was just, I went there and I had this uh, revelation. It was so amazing. Um, it's interesting that every creature and Adam himself was made from dirt, but women were not. Women are the only creation not made from dirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, women. Yeah. Okay, women were made from the side of Adam, from the man. Okay, from the bone. We were made from his bone. And it signifies partnership how important partnership is to the Lord and then I asked the Lord but why were women not made from the ground like men we shouldn't be shouldn't we be made like the man was made and and the Lord just he often doesn't speak so much in words to me as just image and it had to do with the fact that women were not supposed to have an autonomous authority. Imagine a world where a man had autonomous authority and women had autonomous authority. Where would partnership be? There wouldn't be that intimate cleave and partnership, that, that thing that's birthed in the spirit when you're married. That is a spiritual miracle that the Lord set up by the way he created woman. We have joint authority under the lordship of the, Lord, of the Father. It's, it's amazing. So i got to move on from that. But you can meditate in Genesis 1 and 2. Deborah's name means honeybee. She brings forth the sweet things of the Spirit of God. And bees work in community, do they not? She showed through this chapter her dependence on community. And she just shows the way how she valued that. And that is one of the, the, the message that I want to speak today. That God is calling men and women to take their place with camaraderie and unity. This is the day. We are in a day that you need to take your place, your unique place, but it's in unity with your brother and sister. 
It has to be in unity. It is the cry of the Father's heart right now that we walk forth together in love. The good news is going to go forth because of love. And we're going to release the purposes of God in our home, this city, and our nation because of unity and love and honor that goes with unity. If you hear nothing else, you need to take that home. Judges, let's just keep going. We're going to read Judges 6 through 9. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Benoam from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men and the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sesera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon. And I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said to him, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. I used to read this and think the worst about Barak. Why do, why do I do that? Why do we do that? This man was not weak. This man was not insecure. He is a strong leader of the army of the Lord, of Israel. I mean, he led the Israelite army. He is a warrior, a powerful warrior. He's a leader. And warriors often have a gathering anointing. And he had that. He was able to quickly gather 10,000 men. And you know, that's not really that much out of a whole nation. I love how the Lord kind of sets the number low. He's constantly doing that in scripture. But Barak was able to gather 10,000 warriors immediately. And he is listed in the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. I think that's a testimony to his level of faith. And his faith was in honoring the anointing of Deborah. Okay, this is a woman. And he recognized in her the call of God, the, the prophet anointing. She carried the word of the Lord. And what he's saying here is, I don't want to go forward without the word of the Lord. I want to hear the word and I want to move in the word. That's what he's saying here. He's not being weak, saying, I won't go unless you hold my hand. That is not what the scripture is putting forth. He knows how to honor another person and their calling. With every call, there's a humility test. Okay, Deborah's voice had to be directed by the Lord. That's her humility test. Lapidoth, okay, he's a leader in his community, but his wife's call looks more important. But he would not get insecure. 
Barak's call is as a warrior, but not for self-glory. That's what it means when she says, well, the honor's not going to go to you. Be the warrior, but you don't always have to be the hero. Okay, there's other people that are going to come and they're going to partner with us and they're going to be used by the Lord. Okay, our national culture right now is hyper divisive. Do not partner with that. Do not partner with division. This is not the day for the body of Christ to get off track and partner with a divisive spirit. Barak honored the woman who audaciously walked as a prophetess and, a judge, and judge in Israel. You know, Paul and Barnabas in the New Testament were partners in ministry and acts. And I just want to bring them into this story. They were pioneering taking the gospel to unreached people groups. Okay, it was rough. He was stoned, beaten, imprisoned every time. And he just kept making these trips. And he would go out in a team. And he was on a, such a trip with Barnabas, and they took John Mark. And in the midst of that pressure and, and that, that moment of testing, John Mark leaves them. He abandons them. He doesn't fulfill the partnership. And, and later, uh, Barnabas is telling Paul, he's like, I want to bring John Mark again on another trip. Paul wouldn't have it. Absolutely not. Bad blood formed between him and John Mark. Paul was hurt by that abandonment. Okay? And, it, and in Acts 15.39 it says, it became a heated argument between them, Paul and Barnabas. A disagreement so sharp that they parted from each other. That's, that was not God's will. I know he used it. He raised up, you know, two ministry teams. Now, oh, double the fruitfulness. This is good. Now other people get invited in. Now we have Silas and Timothy and people. That, that was grievous. There was a division in the body of Christ right there. Paul needed Barnabas. Barnabas was the encourager. He was the people guy. You know, he was the, the cuddly one of the pair. You could, you could get next to Barnabas and he would put his arm around you. You know, you, you were maybe probably a little afraid of Paul. Paul needed Barnabas. He needed him, and yet they parted ways. There was bad blood between Paul and John Mark, but there was only supposed to be the blood of Jesus between them. It was only supposed to be the blood of Jesus. Paul needed to forgive, and he does eventually. He does. But at that moment, what would it have been like if he had walked in that forgiveness and could have let that go a little sooner? So Barak is not showing weakness in verse 8. If you will go with me, then I will go. He is choosing to walk in honor with Deborah. 
We should all be saying this to our brothers and sisters. You're a Democrat? You're a Republican? You're a liberal? You're a conservative? Well, go with me, because if you will not go with me, I cannot go forward. How am I supposed to go forward unless I go with you? How are we supposed to heal our nation unless we go forward together? How am I supposed to know the right way unless I hear you and you hear me? You know, what you say, what I say, there's a whole history behind it. You take a position, I take a position based on my history, your history. And so when you hear someone, you need to listen for the heart. What's the heart behind the words? Because the words really don't say anything. It's the heart. And so if we can connect heart to heart, we don't have to be afraid of the words. You see, we, we don't get sidetracked. And because I'm not real great at finding words. And um, in the moment, my mom always wants to debate me on politics. I can't do it. I can't do it. I just shut down. I cannot come up with snappy comebacks. There's just no flaming way it's going to happen. <laughs> and she gets so frustrated. Anyways. It's just, a, it's just a thing I live with. Okay. All right. I just want to put out the question, though, believers. Are we abandoning the walk of love and, and honor? Please do not. Let's embrace it. Okay. Let's, let's uh, finish out a little bit more in Judges uh, 10 and 11. Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. They went up with 10,000 men, men under his command. Deborah went with them. Now Heber, the Kenite, of the children of Hobab, which is Jethro, another name for Jethro, you remember Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the terebinth tree at Zayanam, which is beside Kadesh. I love how they have trees, you know, you know that tree, that's the tree, <laughs> Wow, really? Okay, so um, Heber is a Kenite. Okay, the Kenites, of course, are descendants of Jethro, the, the father-in-law of Moses. They are not Israelites, but they were partners with Israel. So they were so loyal and such good friends of Israel. They lived among the tribe of Judah down south. Okay, they lived with them. They were loyal to them. They helped them out. In fact, that was the call. But Moses was like, please come. Please join us. Come with us. You can partner with us. Look it up. It's awesome. And this is the relationship the Kenites had with the Israelites. But Heber leaves that. He leaves his people and goes north, so far north that he pitches his tent near the enemy. And he makes a partnership with the, the Israelites' enemy, the Canaanites, the king, of, of, the king Jabin, you know, that guy. And he makes a peace treaty with him. Amazing. 
that he would do that. But Jael is his wife, and she's not in agreement with that. And you could see it by the play out of her actions. Judges 12 through 24. Okay, so Sisera gathers his army and the 900 iron chariots at the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hands. Love it. She just knew. Oh, today's the day. Has the Lord gone out before you? Or has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. He gives up that iron chariot. Okay, but Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as that place. And all of the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Boy, they are known. For there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord. Turn aside to me. Do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she gave him a jug of milk, gave him a drink, covered him up, and said... And he said to her, he's always giving orders, stand by the door, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no problem, I got this. And Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple and it went down into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. Can you imagine? <laughs> I can't even step on a cockroach because, you know, that crunch. Oh, ate that. Ate that. JL, man, she's got it. Okay. Verse 24, when she shows Barak, hey, here's your dead enemy. It says, and the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against King Jabin, king of Canaan from that day on. Israelites grew stronger and stronger. All right, JL, she's my hero. <laughs> Her name means mountain goat. She's willing to take risks and climb higher. Okay, but her life looks really obscure from the outside. She is a keeper of a tent. She's tied to this tent. She's even had to leave her people. And a tent can feel like a cage that encircles your life, keeping you from being fruitful because you're not a Deborah or a Barack, you know, going out, saying this, doing that. The tent can be your home, but mostly it's your heart of love that you can offer to others. Okay, JL had a humility test too. For JL... The test is, have you become too inwardly focused? Too small in your thinking and faith. Go to Isaiah 54, 2 through 3. 
Because I am a JL. I identify with this woman. And a couple of months ago, the Lord was just like, this is who you are. And I was like, oh, really? Finally, I can know. <laughs> Isaiah 54, 2 through 3. I've been praying over these verses for over 30 years. I love it in the Passion Translation. Hopefully they're putting the verses up. I haven't. Oh, okay, great. Verse 2. Increase is coming. So enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling. Hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. You will increase and spread out in every direction. Your sons and your daughters will conquer nations and revitalize. Oops, sorry. Yeah, and revitalize desolate cities. Isn't that awesome? Okay, when I was getting married and I realized that I would probably be having children in the near future, that's when I began to desperately pray over these verses. Because I, my heart didn't like children. But my heart was small and cold, really. It was very small. And, and that's what happens when you're a JL. You can, you can just be really small. But I was asking the Father, Lord, I want to love more. Make my heart bigger. Expand my heart to love, to love people. Extend my tent ropes, Father. Make my heart bigger. Reset my tent pegs. I just kept imagining them being pulled up and stretched out further. Next year, they're going to be pulled up and stretched out further. And then I had five children in three years. So you never know what can happen. And then when I was pregnant with my last, I got this nice prophetic word from someone. They said, uh, you're going to be a mother of many. I'm like, oh, I know. I don't want to be. And then the Lord asked me to start um, Day Spring Christian School. Again, Lord, extend my tent ropes. Make my heart bigger to love more children, more families. Reset my tent pegs to a new boundary, Lord. It was 2004. I worked there until 2016. When I left, there was 100 students, 23 staff members, and volunteers. It's grown bigger since then. Okay, as a JL, I want you to, again, remember, you're finding your place in Scripture. You're seeing that, oh, I can kind of relate to this person, or I relate to that person. Every person is needed. Okay, don't forget that. As a JL, I don't, it's not about what I can say. I'm not a, I'm not a speaker of words. You're not going to have a multitude of words coming from me. But I learned to live the intercession. I, it was about living love, living grace, living mercy, hope for people. That person. Any person that came into my tent now, the school and my family was now my tent. And every person that came in, I believed for them. That was my call, to believe for them. Who's coming into your tent, your realm of influence? They're your call to honor them, to love them, to believe for them, to fight for them. Increase is coming. 
Increase is coming. Open your heart. I felt caged by my inabilities often because words don't come to me. Uh, I, I didn't have an upbringing that prepared me with social skills. When I get into group settings, I'm very awkward. I'm a very awkward person. Okay, I embrace that now. Yeah, thank you. There's, there's other awkward people out there too. Let us just join forces, be awkward together, hold nothing back. As you know, in the church, we were always saying, cross the chicken line, get out there at Walmart and pray for the sick. I tried that once. <laughs> I had a panic attack. <laughs> I've done Campus Crusade, the Four Spiritual Laws. I've done Evangelism Explosion. I've led teams. I've done it. I've done it, okay? Witnessed on the beaches. I'm just not doing that anymore. <laughs> I can't do it. But I have a tent that I can spread. And I'm not the director at Day Spring School now. But while I was there... I contended with that enemy who came into my tent on those people that were holding them in bondage. Okay, JLs, I'm calling to you. This is what it looks like. Your tent uh, is going to look different from my tent. Your calling is going to be different. But let's do this. Okay, I'm praying now for the body of Christ in this nation more than ever. Unity, love, and honor among the body of Christ. Okay, Deborah and Barack didn't know there was a JL out there, but she had an important part to play, and she was ready. She was ready to partner. We need the gifts and call in each other. Okay, I'm going to try to hurry. I want to end with uh, Romans uh, 13, the last part of verse 8 through 11 says, for the one who learns to love has fulfilled every requirement of the law. For the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. Every other commandment can be summed up in these words, love and value others the same way you love and value yourself. Love makes it impossible to harm another. So love fulfills all that the law requires. To live like this is all the more urgent, for time is running out, and you know it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up. That word is for today. This is that strategic hour, beloved. Let's wake up. Romans 12, 16, live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are your own. I don't care what they believe. They are valuable and worthy. And then my last scripture I want to highlight, I, don't, I didn't give it to Debbie to put up, but it's in Judges 5, 8. It's in Deborah's song. The next chapter after the story, they sing the victory song. 5.8, it says, 
They chose new gods. The Israelites had chosen new gods, lowercase g. Then there was war in the gates. I'm telling you, if you choose your ideology more than the Father's heart, you are bringing war unnecessarily to your gate. Is that what we're supposed to be doing? Bring war to our gates? No, it's not. So let's stand. I have three points of application here. And we have people that can pray with you. You know, we always can be praying for one another. And so if you're on the prayer team, you can come down. Point number one, center yourself on the Lord and his heart. Let him be God of your mind and thinking. Don't bring war into your homes. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop bringing war into your homes and into this community. And I know some of you won't agree with me because you're, you want to speak. You want to argue the point. But listen to JL today. It was partnership that turned the tide for that community, that nation. It was honor. Point number two, application number two. If there is bad blood between you and any brother or sister in the body of Christ, that needs to be mended right away. If you can't be in the same room as another brother or sister, that needs to be mended today. And I've been in this place and I've been hurt by people in the body of Christ and I've had panic attacks on that front row because I did not feel safe here. But at the same time, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. You prayed for me. You, so many of you would just come up. These last five years, I've been just been grieving and healing and grieving and healing. And you would come up and you would say, I'm praying for you praying for your family, praying for your son. I would not have made it without you. You've got to fix. You've got to forgive. Last thing, get on a team, this team. God's going to use you in a unique way. It's not going to look like my life. Stop expecting your life to look like somebody else's. God is ministering through you according to your unique makeup. Partner with others to increase this effectiveness. Be open to love and to listen. Father, I just, I just thank you, God, that your presence is here right now. Your heart is crying out for your children to, to be unified. God, I just thank you that love supersedes the differences, the differences in how we think and approach a problem. Thank you, Father, that love is gonna bind us together. You're gonna release and continue to release more and more revelation on honor 
on love and how you're going to move. We're going to get our marching orders from you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you have children that are waiting, we don't want you to miss an opportunity to be prayed for, but please get your children because it's Mother's Day. And I just want to say thank you, Kelly. I love you. And I'm so thankful that you said yes to speak today. Don't miss this opportunity. We know that it's Mother's Day and you have places to go. But if you can come to, to get prayer, come through here. If you just need someone to just touch you for the continuation of what God wants to do in this city. Um, I had a surprise for someone and it almost feels weird to give it at this time, but I just want to make sure people don't miss this opportunity to get prayed for. So I'm just going to tell you that someone won a gift today and this was the gift that they won. And I'll tell you, it was Martha, um, Don, Martha Johnson won this. Um, I would like to present this to Kelly Lewis for saying yes. Dayspring Women's Ministry. I don't know where you are, but receive this from us, girl. Thank you. Thank you for that word. And I want to thank all of you for just being here today. God is going to bless, but don't miss this opportunity for ministry. If it's nothing but you want your, your pegs to go longer and wider and stronger, whatever word reached your heart today, reach it. If you don't know Jesus Christ, most of all, and he is not someone you've invited into your heart, we don't want to miss this opportunity for you to give your heart to him. Just come up here and talk to anyone who's available. Don't miss this opportunity. Give your heart to Jesus today. If you need to recommit, you feel like you've been a little bit lost and out there, please don't miss this opportunity. Just want you to know that we love you and want to just bless you as worship team plays just a little bit. Happy Mother's Day. Kiss your mom. Tell your mom you love her. Honor her position as mother and give her her props. And mothers, milk it for all it's worth. In Jesus' name. We thank you, God, as you go with everyone today and take care of our people in Jesus' name. Bless them with a beautiful day. Amen.